You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to another edition of the Locked On Pacers podcast, where we, of course, talk about the Indiana Pacers as always. My name is Tony East. I cover the team for Forbes and the West Side Community News. And today, fun conversation. Greg Doyle from the Indianapolis Stars is going to join us. And we're going to talk all things Tyrese Halbert. And Greg was in the building for Halbert's most recent game. Wrote a wonderful story on him and what he can mean for the Pacers. So we're going to talk Halbert, how good he can be for the Pacers, what his ceiling could be with this team, what the team's ceiling with him could be, how Malcolm Brogdon fits into the equation. Really wide-ranging conversation that weaves in a ton of other Pacers players and historic moments and how Halliburton could fit into that. So it's really fun. It's going to be awesome. You don't want to miss it. Now let's bring in Greg Doyle. All right. We are now joined by Greg Doyle from the Indianapolis Star. You have probably read many, many of his columns. And he recently wrote one about new Pacers point guard Tyrese Halliburton. And it's one of those ones that, as someone else who writes, makes me jealous because Greg was sitting two seats down from me in the media room and caught Tyrese Halliburton's reaction to seeing his stat sheet and caught an interaction he had with the Pacers staffer standing about five feet from me. And I missed all of it. And I was literally sitting arm's length away from Greg. It was a perfect lead to describe Tyrese Halliburton, who played a great game with over 20 points and over 10 assists and shot six for 17 and was really disappointed with himself. So, Greg, your first time watching Tyrese Halliburton, the new Pacers prize as they transition into a new era. What did you think of him in your first time watching him? I fell in love with him that first day. Um, the guy is so happy, for one thing. He's so – and Old Depot was happy too, and yeah, 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 and that that kind of went south in a hurry. But um, he's just – he plays with such joy. He's always smiling. And I love the fact that he's a he's a pure point guard. He wants, he wants to pass the ball. A lot of point guards, and Brogdon's one of them, he's a point guard because you call him a point guard. But he passes the ball only if he doesn't have a shot. And, and if he does pass the ball, he's not really making you better. He's just passing you the ball. And if you make a shot, he'll get an assist. Halliburton is like old school. He's trying to break down a defense, not for himself, but for everybody else. And that's uh, – I, I was looking up, and I was going to put in my story and just ran out of room, but I was going to – I looked up the Pacers' single-season assist records. I think Mark Jackson has four of the top seven or eight – because Halburn's going to break that. Uh, if he stays healthy and plays 75, 80 games, next year, he'll break it next year. And uh, he's going to have, you know, if he stays here for 10 years, he'll have the top seven rate assist totals in single season history. He's that kind of guy. Yeah, James, I think, was all over this, which was really cool. But there was a play in, in Halburn's first game with the team where the Pacers are in transition and everybody's running their lane. And Terry Taylor, poor Terry Taylor, who's a rookie playing with a new teammate, is kind of open, like 20 feet from the rim. And so Halliburton tries to throw him the ball, and Terry Taylor's not even looking at him because no one on the Pacers has ever been able to get Terry Taylor the ball, or maybe even his whole life, including college and high school, in that position where he could score. And Halliburton threw it and it hit him in the back of the head, and then they went out of bounds for a turnover. And so it looked like an error, but really it was like an ambitious good play that point guards make when their teammates open running in transition that the Pacers now have to be ready for and like Lavert scarcely hit had that hit ahead in him and Sabonis turned it over in transition a lot and you you already talked about Brogdon's passing a little bit like that's just not something this team has really had in transition and Carlisle loves transition and it's long been documented the ball moves faster than any player can run so a guy who has that in him I think it's fascinating it's it's funny that one errant pass to Terry Taylor is so emblematic of what he can be but they just 
you know, McConnell's kind of a, a setup pass first kind of guy, but Halliburton's just different. Like the way he's able to pass, the way he's able to lure guys in before hitting stuff like that is just so impressive. And it's such a dynamic threat that this team hasn't had in a really long time, maybe ever. Yeah, I didn't, uh, you know, yeah, I sat two feet away from James Boyd that night and I didn't pick up on the pass off Terry Taylor's head. So I, we all see things differently <laughs> than everybody else. That's why That's why we got to write from our perspective because no one else has mine and no one else has yours or anybody else's. But, yeah, you're right about McConnell. I mean, he's a pass-first guy in, in part because he can't shoot, but it also in part, uh, I mean, he just thought he's older school. But Halliburton has five inches on him, and w- which really comes into play. I, I saw Halliburton making a lot of passes strictly out of being tall enough to see it. And so he McConnell can't do that. McConnell doesn't have his quickness either. So yeah, Halliburton's just totally different than TJ in a lot of ways. Um, but the Terry Taylor thing is, is a perfect example of what Halliburton's going to do when he gets better cast around him. And I mean, no disrespect to Terry Taylor and and uh, you know, Dwayne Washington Jr. I mean, those are those guys have been given an opportunity to prove their NBA players. And they've done it. Uh, and they might even be NBA starters someday. I'm really not sure what Terry Taylor is. I'm not sure if if he grew up in another era. If he's if he's Adrian Dantley, you know, I, I'm not sure what he is. But anyway, when when you put Halliburton with Miles Turner and Malcolm Brogdon shooting 45 percent from three and and do, doing things like that, Halliburton's assist total is going to go through the roof. Yeah, I agree with that. And. You know, something that he does well with his height is he's got a really good floater game. So when he gets in the lane, he can jump and throw these kind of crazy good passes. And because his form's kind of weird where he starts with his hands on the side of the ball, you can't tell if he's shooting or passing when he jumps. So he's got this funky little elbow pass that's worked really well for him already quite a few times. It helped Tristan Thompson have an electric final game with the Pacers, right? It's just one of those things that you don't see very often. But because his shot form is so weird, it actually makes him a better passer, which is really unique and rare. And, you know, I like unique as well in players. Like, Halliburton checks so many boxes of stuff that I like about NBA players. Like, kind of quiet, but still good at media. And they have something unique about their game. And they're they're good, obviously, and interesting. And he, he checks so many of those boxes. That's why it's such a joy to watch him. But perhaps my favorite thing about him, and this is the angle that I'm currently writing about for him, and you included this in your story, it was your lead, really, is that he is so hard on himself every game, right? He, you know, he comes in after... They beat what the Washington and he has a big game and he's like, ah, damn, you know, I shot poorly and, you know, after his first game, they lose to the Cavs and he plays fantastic, and he's like, yeah, I sucked in the fourth quarter, I had six turnovers, and blah blah blah. It's like, dude, you guys just scored a franchise record points in a quarter, and he had nothing but bad things to say about his performance. It's so rare to see a player be so introspective like that, and he's always curious in film sessions, and him and Carlisle love to discuss strategy and analytics kind of stuff. Like they have the same brain. But it's rare that guys are like that are so hard on themselves, especially at age 21. Can you remember anyone like – in any sport, really, can you remember anyone kind of like that at this age? You know, um, Andrew Luck was. Uh, and the, Andrew Luck was you know, 21 and never thought he was good enough, and I thought that was cool. Uh, obviously a different sport. But, yeah, Halliburton is – you know, in, in a, and everybody's unique. Everybody – we're all little snowflakes and all that stuff, but – but a lot of these guys are interchangeable parts. I mean, Jeremy Lamb has a unique kind of body and a long neck and all that, but and, and, and very smooth and all that. But but there's really not a whole lot of difference between him and and, and Justin Holiday and 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 I mean, you could name 50 guys around the league that are. It's why trades you judge trades by well, who got the best player? 
because whoever got the best player won the trade because everybody else is interchangeable. You can you can go find somebody else. Like I mean, Terry Taylor shows that that a good GM can go find somebody and get you ten points and six rebounds a game. You can just do that, but you can't recreate Tyrese Halliburton. He's there. There aren't. There's nobody else like him. It doesn't mean he's the best player in the NBA. But there's just. I don't know if the NBA has a six five six six pass first and yet 40% shooting from three-point range point guard. I, I mean, guys like him don't exist in, until he comes along and is that guy. So that, I love that, and his makeup is, is rather unique as well. And and something I, I – that a reason I fell in love with him also is that he's going to be – unless, you know, the Paul George, Victor Oladipo thing happens to him, and, and I hate to even bring that up, but it's happened to the last two of them we've had here, the last two franchise players – they decided that you know what the city's not big enough for me after all. I, I need more, and and Halburn doesn't look like that guy. But then again, Old Depot was the least likely guy to ever look like that guy, and he became that guy. Halburn doesn't look like that, um, and it, until he becomes that, he is the face of the franchise right now. He is the guy that we all want to because he's always smiling. Like Sabonis is, you know, was was a growling guy, and people liked him for his blue collar. But it's kind of hard to rally behind that. And Miles Turner. Is just so impressed with Miles Turner, it's hard to take him seriously. And I realize he's got a fan base, and I get that. But if you disengage yourself from needing to love Miles Turner, it's very hard to love Miles Turner if you actually pay attention to who he is. It's very hard. Tyrus Halberton is very easy to love, and the Patriots need someone very easy to love, and he's it. Hey guys, one short little break here to talk about the good folks over at betonline.ag because football might be over for this season, but basketball is still full. Steam ahead in both pro and college hoops. We'll talk a little bit about college hoops later on the show. And for the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, betonline.net is the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, sports podcasts, and sports news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net has hockey, boxing, UFC, baseball if it comes back, UFC odds right the Olympic coverage and information, head over to that website today, betonline.net, or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action in the sports world. Bet Online is where the game starts. He is, he speaks really well. Like he talks like a basketball player. That's so dumb to say, but just you know, I played as a kid. Like there's some guys who just talk like that, and he he's one of those guys. And you mentioned his his height and his passing and his shooting, like they're a unique combination. I was texting with Kevin Bowen about this a couple days ago, but only 17 guys ever in the history of the NBA ever have hit over 40% from three in both their rookie and sophomore seasons in the NBA, and he's one of them. And of that group, none of them are good passers. I mean, Steph Curry is probably the best passer of this group, and he's obviously like one of the best players ever. But, like, after that, the next best passer is, is like, Ty Lawson. You know, I know you don't have the list in front of you, but it's very rare that there's guys who play like that, and that's why I think he can be so special for this team and why already, you know, the team looks very good when he's in the game and they played their best performance against the Bucs in ages already. They looked good against, you know, the four-seeded Cavs. They beat the Wizards. They They look good. So, you know, his statistical profile and play is very impressive. And that leads to something else you put in your story that's fascinating here is the Pacers' best incumbent player after the trade deadline is Malcolm Brogdon, who at one point in time was considered a good shooter and chose Indiana because he wanted to play more point guard and gets a lot of assists de facto uh, in your piece you wrote about that. And 
you know, has been better driving to the basket this year, but certainly looks good in an off-ball role at times, but has always wanted to be a point guard. And from the old era of the Pacers, he's the best player remaining. I think there's a way, personally, that him and Halliburton can fit together, but it's going to require Michael Brogdon to not want to be a point guard anymore, which is part of what his appeal was of coming to here, according to his public statements. Do you feel like those two can coexist together, or do you feel like Brogdon's time in Indiana is ticking down to an end? I What I think is that Brogdon is such a great shooter um, and, and a floor spacer, and kind of like Miles Turner, is that until he's on your team, you really don't know exactly how negative his presence can be. Um, I, I think Miles Turner, I'm sorry, Malcolm is worth more in trade than being here because I think somebody out there will look at his numbers and think, you can be our point guard. Those guys are priceless. Or someone out there will think, well, you're a great shooter. We'll, we'll put you a shooting guard and, and maybe not quite realize because I mean, Malcolm, you know, Brogdon's got these off the court stuff that, it, that is so lovable. I mean, when he came here, I celebrated it. And I remember when he came here, we had our introductory, you know, here's your first press conference with Malcolm Brogdon. I thanked him. I said, I'm so glad you're here. You know, thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you're going to mean to us, you know, off the court. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And it turns out he's a coach killer. It turns out that he's, in his own ways, I mean, special off the court, and it, truly special off the court, but in his own way, he's as selfish as anybody else. So you're asking me, do I think he and Hal Burton are going to work together? I think I don't want to find out. I think I'd rather, wow. I'd rather whatever trade value he's got, and I think it's big. Now, if I'm wrong, if he's not valuable, then never mind. I don't want to give him away. But I suspect he's worth, if he's worth equally in trade value to what we see on the court, then I want somebody else. I, because I'm pretty sure Malcolm Brogdon's not going to be happy being, a, being the, the number two guard. And Carlisle's saying the right things. He goes, it's great having two playmaking point guards. We got two of them. No, you don't. And, and I, don't, I think Carlisle, you got to know that. You don't. You have one, and then you have a guy that wants to think he is and wants to be that, but there's no comparison. I mean, it took me one game. I, I'll be honest with you. I don't, I don't know if we, you and I have ever talked about this before anywhere, but I don't, I don't watch sports if I'm not working. The only sport I watch for fun is the UFC. So I'm not watching NBA League Pass, and, and, maybe that, and clearly that will hurt me at times in not recognizing who and what guys are. For example, for example, Three years ago, two years ago, when the Pacers traded Paul George for Sabonis and, and Oladipo, I hated that trade. Um, I didn't. I had no idea how fast Oladipo was. I didn't know. I mean, I know he's a guard. I know he's quick. But until you see him, it took me one game watching him to write, oh, my God, he's the fastest player almost in the NBA. I'd never seen anything like it almost. So me not seeing these games is, is a detriment. I get it. So Halliburton, that's the first game I've ever seen him play, ever. And it took me one game to realize you're a lot better than Malcolm Brogdon as a lead guard. And if it took, if it took me one game to realize it, uh, Carlisle knew it already. So he's just saying the right things. Long story short, I want to see Brogdon get out of there because I don't because th- he has shown that he takes himself too seriously on the court. Like I don't like that coach. I want him fired. I don't like this coach. I want him fired. I just I, and the way he plays, the way the way I have you know handful of games that he's played in that have been close. He wants the ball at the end. And, 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 yes, that's an admirable, okay, great, that's admirable. But he's not good enough at it. But he wants to, he wants to be that guy. But he's not that guy. You're, you're, what's that meme from the, from the Costco? You're not that guy, pal. You're, you're not, Brogdon. You're, you're a great shooter. Why is it never enough? Like, Miles Turner, is it not enough for you to be among league leaders in three-point accuracy at your size and, and lead the league in shot, block shots? Why isn't that enough? Why do you have to say that you, you're capable of scoring 40 a night, that you're capable of being, you know, the, the – 
Batman to everybody else's Robin. Why, why is it not good enough to be what you are? Brogdon's the same way. So I, I want him out, and I trust Pritchard to find somebody really good. The thing that's so exciting about Halliburton is that – because Pritchard's really good. I mean, is he perfect? No. But he's really good. And when, when he decides there's somebody out there that we think is more than what he's done, like T.J. Warren, like Victor Oladipo, when he looks at players and thinks there, there's more here and we're going to get it out of you – he sees more out of Halliburton than than fifteen and seven or whatever Halliburton's average in Sacramento, and he's right. Halliburton's going to be a twenty and twelve guy here, twenty and twelve, uh, easily once he gets great players around him. And, and by great, I mean just regular, high quality starting. You know, you put him with T.J. Warren, Miles Turner, Brogdon if he's still here, and somebody else, twenty and twelve, piece of cake. So I'm very excited for his future because we don't know what a ceiling is. Because Sacramento, with De'Aaron Fox dominating the ball, Sacramento has no idea what they just gave away. They have no idea, and that's why they're Sacramento. Honestly, I I don't think it's crazy that he's twenty and twelve this year with the guys they have right now. I mean, he he's twenty one and eleven right now, and he's played four games with these guys, and he's just learning the timing of how to play with them. Like, it's not crazy to me that he's he's that guy now, which is insane given his career and how the Pacers just got him as a solid. I mean, what a ridiculous trade. There, there's always jokes around the NBA of, like, the incoming Kings panic trade, and this was it. The Pacers took advantage and got Tyrese Halliburton, and I think you're right on it with Brogdon. You know, if he is willing to to step back from his, his desired role a little bit, they fit really well. Like we saw in Milwaukee, Brogdon was really good in the playoffs for the Bucks and was a really good player for them, 50-40-90 in all these games and won Rookie of the Year. Because he was such a good off-ball player, you know, breaking the bend in defense, hitting those threes, good defender, 6'5 himself, like, he can be that guy. It's just, if he's overlapping so much with what makes Halberton so awesome, that's not worth it anymore because Halberton is the future of this team. So, yeah, it will take some relinquishing of role from him, and, and we might see that uh, after the break. We might see that going forward, TBD on, on that timing and stuff. But I, I'll be curious how they fit the rest of the season because Brogdon can't be traded until the offseason anyway. I think that could kind of dictate a lot of how it's determined what they do together. You mentioned Oladipo earlier, and my fourth question on the list features him, so I'm just jumping right to it because you just brought him up a second ago. Open-ended, sure. take this wherever you want, Craig. Do you think Halberton's Pacers can be better than Oladipo's Pacers? I don't even know what Oladipo's Pacers looked like. I never saw Oladipo's Pacers. <laughs> the one, the you first know, I, season of Oladipo's Pacers, the good one that was healthy and, and almost won a series. I loved him so much, by the way. I walked, I remember, you know, just like I remember telling Brogdon, I'm so glad you're here, thank you for coming, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I remember after the the Cavaliers series, I, the, those that first year they lost to the Cavs, right, in the playoffs? Yes, correct. Was it the Cavs? Yeah. Oladipo, yeah. Um yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure I remember Cleveland. I never remember when I, I walked him off the court, and and he was so humble in those days. And he would, he was just and his post game press conferences were such a joy, and it was all about everybody around him, and and it was he just hadn't become the mass singer and all that stuff yet. And I walked him off the court, and I, I almost felt silly saying this to him. Although in hindsight, I I should have said it to him earlier and should have grabbed him by the ears and said, "Are you listening to me?" Um, because it turns out he needed to hear this and, and actually take it in. But I said to him, um, and I can I curse on this on your ahead. podcast or no? Go ahead. I can. Okay. Yep. I said. I said. I love what you say after games. Um, you keep doing that shit. And this city is yours. And he he seemed to hear me. He goes, "Hey, I appreciate that." And I, and as I walked away, I thought I just told a really 
I mean, he's smarter than I am. Old Depot is really smart. I just told a guy that's smarter than I am and clearly knows how to do press conferences just to keep doing what he's doing. Um, and I felt like, did I, is that condescending of me to even say that to him? Do I have the right to say that to him? And four years later, yeah, I should have said it to him every day of his life. <laughs> but because he, he, didn't, he didn't stay that guy. And the city didn't. We didn't love that shit. And there are people that did, and they don't matter because they don't know what they're looking at. You know, they're, but the people that matter, they know that he changed. And it's not, it's not my fault for noticing he changed. It's not, it's not anybody's fault that he changed. It's his fault he changed. So it's on Brogdon going forward to go back to him real quick. It's on Brogdon going forward to make this work. Because Halliburton's going to do what he's going to do, which is to be a great, unselfish teammate. I mean, it's not, Halliburton doesn't have to change anything. He is the perfect guy right now. And it's up to Brogdon to coexist. I do think Halliburton's Pacers, put it this way, if you give him the talent around him that Old Depot had, and I realize Old Depot didn't play with, you know, the big three or whatever, but if you give him T.J. Warren or, or Bogdanovich or, and you give him Sabonis and or Miles Turner, you know, if you give him really good pieces, not great pieces, but really good pieces, there's no question, there's no question that his Pacers are going to be a lot better. I mean, I'm really... You know, at the trade deadline when they acquired Hal Burton, I, I I didn't know what to make of that. I thought, well, he's young and he shoots his three point shooting is good, so okay, I that that's fine. Um, but just watching one game with them again, just just one game, it I, I'm really excited for the future of the Pacers with this guy because I do trust Pritchard will put nice pieces around him. I just do. And one more thing about Brogdon, the reason why he in Milwaukee was so willing to play his role and so good at it was that there was no debate. Like Giannis is the best player on your team. He's at that point, he was on the way to becoming the best player in the NBA and everybody knew it. There's debate here. There's room for debate. There's not, not in my head, but Brogdon here can still hang on to the fact that no, no, I'm better. And if he hangs on to that, we're in trouble. But if he lets it go and realizes he's playing with a, I mean, Halburn's not Giannis, but he's playing with a, like, that guy's better, and I'm going to coexist with him. If that's Brogdon's attitude, the Pacers have something special in the backcourt. They do. I just don't trust Brogdon to be that guy. I hope he is. One more break here, guys, to talk about the great folks over at Rock Auto because of the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models of vehicles. It's so hard for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need. you got to go in there while the guy behind the counter asks you stupid little intimidating questions about the exact specs of your car, and then you just wait while they order – the parts to their store, but they only choose the brand that their warehouse carries. And that's all very annoying and confusing. Why well, do that? You have a computer with access to rockauto.com at home or in your pocket, and you can save time and money if you use rockauto.com. 30%, 50%, even 100% more savings for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership. They're a family business at Rock Auto, serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Their prices are always reliably low for every customer. They have everything you could need, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet, Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Yeah, his mentality will be crucial. Like how he feels about this pairing could be crucial if he's willing to relinquish some of those, not even touches. Like he could probably have the same number of touches. They'll just be different. You know, if he's willing to change that a tiny bit, I think that'd be huge because 
You know, I am on the other side of the fence of you right now. I think Brogdon's better today. I don't know maybe next year if that will be the case, which is still very soon into a guy who just got a four-year contract extension's life with the team. But, you know, that, that will be very important for, for what the Pacers do next. And Kevin Pritchard said it. You know, we're not rebuilding. We're not rebuilding. We got Halliburton, and we're going to bounce back and be awesome next year. If that's the case, maybe they want to keep who, the, who they view as a very talented player who they just gave $80 million to, more dollars to, this past summer and with Oladipo's teams yeah I think they can be better you know Oladipo's peak year making all NBA that's a very high bar to get to I think Halberton can probably get there at his peak that's really hard I mean that's one of the best six guards in the NBA for a whole season but if so I think I think they'll do a they'll have better talent at the time because the year Vic did that was right after the Pacers traded PG and they thought they were going to be rebuilding right they didn't think they were supposed to be good whereas with Halliburton, I think the blueprint's going to be to build with him, and they're not just sprung into a situation where he's awesome. So I think it's more likely they have better talent around him when a season like that could happen, and that would lead him and the Pacers to have more success with him at his peak than Oladipo's Pacers did. But that all kind of depends on how this draft goes, how the next two free agencies go, how the team is ultimately built around him. And, and if Kevin Pritchard's actions of we're not rebuilding actually match what he says, you know that, that will kind of drive this because... Herb Simon said they weren't rebuilding a few months ago. You were in the room with me, and then they clearly did. So, you know, the Pacers' actions will kind of dictate what what really happens in, in the next couple of years of the Halliburton era. Yeah, and I know that, that Pritchard is going to be coveted after the season. Teams teams will want him. And and there are there are people out there, you know, that, that don't think Chris Ballard's any good at his job, and they have no idea what they're talking about. And there are people out there that, that don't think Pritchard's good at his job, and they have no idea what they're talking about. Um, and I, and I've not been a guy that said, "Wait a minute, he's our guy, therefore he's very good." No, Grixon was never good, and I came here, like I came to this town in the middle of the Colts going to the AFC Championship game, and I was writing even then. Yeah, but Grixon's not very good, so I, 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 I don't need to be loving the guy in our city to think that he's good. But, but Pritchard's really good, and because he's really good, he might not be back next year. We'll see, but he. We'll just see. We'll, we'll see. But but I, I do want to make make this clear that if Brogdon's attitude is right, you got to keep him. I mean, you you're not going to get a 90-50-40 shooter or a potential 90-50-40 shooter. You're not going to get one of those um, in exchange for him. So so if his attitude is right, if he can handle being Robin, then by all means, make that the backcourt of the future for the next five years. I'd love to see it. So Greg, I always open this up at the end of these shows, and feel free to say the answer is nothing. But you did parachute in on your, your Pacers game uh, as they beat the Wizards. You talked a little bit about Terry Taylor and Malcolm Brogdon in your piece and Dwayne Washington was in there and Miles was in there. Is there anything about the team that you want to discuss that you feel like people aren't discussing? It can be about Halliburton, it can be about anybody, or it can just be, no, nah, I'm good. Did, you, did anything stand out to you in that game you were at? Well, two things. One is, I guess I brought up Terry Taylor. I, I, at some point, I need to write a bigger story on him just figure out what what is he because what what do you think his ceiling is what 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 do you think he is you know sometimes you can like lean on a historical comp or like see what this guy could grow into and see how their skills could grow and it just makes sense but I, i i mean i've never seen a guy of his size who plays like that you know what i mean like Carlisle joked, no, he's Adrian, not. Adrian Dantley. Yeah. I mean, Adrian Dantley is, but I'm too is the young guy, to but that have, was 40 I, years ago. I'm too young to have known that, you know what I mean? So that that's where yeah. I really struggle to see that. So maybe he can be that. Like, you know, I asked Tom Hankins, the Mad Ants coach, like, have you ever coached anyone 
six five or shorter who's just good at rebounding and he was like no you know it kind of, maybe Jamario Jones but who played for the Lakers a few few years but he's like no and you know Rick Carlisle kind of said the same thing and was like actually he's six nine and he was joking about that just because of the way he plays so I, I have no idea what he can become like he he's very patient in the post and very talented as a finisher on the rim and his rebounding is is ridiculous quite frankly for a guy his size like that's so uncommon so I don't know but he certainly it looks like something good like he is very talented I think yeah, and I do want to, you know, there there will be people that that just think I, I just said he's going to. Adrian Dantley's like a thirty and ten guy in the Hall of Fame. I, I'm not saying Terry Taylor's anywhere <laughs> near that, but that's the kind of that's the kind of comp I have to go back to, just to find a player of that size with that skill set who plays like that. You know, um, he but he's not Dantley. Uh, Charles Barkley was six four and rebounded better than everybody, but then again, Charles Barkley at six four was a near Zion level athlete. I mean, he was near Zion explosion, so that's different, too. One other topic that we haven't discussed that you haven't brought up is is Halliburton's shot. I mean, that is... I swear, when I watched him warm up, again, this is the first time I've ever seen him play. When I watched him warm up, I thought for a minute, he's shooting with his offhand. Because some guys do that. They will shoot with their, their offhand and just to work on that, and then they go to their good hand. I thought, I'm watching him shoot offhanded, uh, but then I realized, oh, no, that's just how he shoots, and it's it's you don't change it. You don't. You absolutely don't change it. But damn, is that ugly? It, it's certainly strange. I want to do a story on his form. At some point, it, it it's funky for sure. Yeah, if it goes in, I don't. I don't. I mean, fans shouldn't really care. But it's one of those things that like, you know, if he if he's got like inconsistent, like he waxes and wanes, maybe you wonder like, okay, could he stabilize this and shoot better? Because yeah, it, you know, th- there's some pictures of like. Michael Kidd, Gilchrist, and Sean Marion, to name a few guys in my lifetime who have funky forms where there's always a joke of, like, you could take a still image of them about to shoot and not know if they were about to pass or shoot. And that that's bad in theory, but Halburn's a good shooter, so it doesn't matter. But you could do the same with him where right before he shoots it, it's, it's not really clear what he's about to do with the ball. The form is funky, but it actually, like I said with the floaters earlier, sometimes it adds to his skills. So, yeah, it, it's definitely something you got to get used to. As I was watching that game that, that, that I was at um – a couple of things struck me. One is I, I was debating, do I make a Sean Marion comparison? And then I just in my mind's eye, remembering, no, 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 Sean Marion's shot was was hideous. Oh. Halburn's isn't hideous. It's yeah. not hideous. It's just different. It's weird. It's different. It, it's not hideous. Um, but it also, I also noticed that when he, because he has a mid-range game, he, he shot a handful of mid-range jumpers, and they're different. You know, and, and obviously from from range, you, you you get more your legs into it. And a lot of guys are shooting borderline set shots from range because they can and that's kind of what he does but when he shoots a 15 foot mid-range jumper that thing's beautiful i don't know did you notice the difference i mean that is that's a textbook's jumper and i've been told by by uh well two actually i i text with two different people in the Pacers front office and about how burton shot just because i was so stunned at what i was watching and they both told me individually because it wasn't a group text that his shot is not a concern because it's repeatable. He he repeats it every time. He he does, and that's what it comes down to. Can you? And you mentioned earlier, does he get erratic? Then it becomes a problem. But if he has the exact same stroke every time, and he can get it off, and he can, then there really is no problem. It doesn't matter. It's like Philip Rivers' throwing motion. You wouldn't. You know, Rivers is the son of a coach, and he would laugh about how ugly his throwing motion was. But you don't change it because it threw for forty thousand yards. Yeah, you know, if it's repeatable, I think that's kind of all that matters, right? There's not, like, any minor tweaks going on game to game. And I can't speak to Rivers a ton because my football knowledge is 
extremely weak, but I do know he had a little bit more sidearmy, ratchety style in there. That, but it worked. The Colts made the playoffs that year. I mean, I don't know if that counts as one more game. topic. Okay, and it, it counts enough. But I got one more topic: is the Pacers are on pace to pick? I don't know, maybe fourth, fifth, sixth, something like that. It, you know, if the if the bubble if the ball bounces the right way, um, I don't know if Jaden Ivey's there at four. He shouldn't be. I don't think he will. You know, he he shouldn't be. But can you imagine Jaden Ivey on this team? That I mean, he's going to be somewhere, and he's going to score a lot of points because once the NBA game when it opens up, he's just because and his three point shot got so much better this year. And a lot of guys, if you shoot a little bit in college, you're going to shoot a lot in the NBA because you you have so much more time to practice. It's all muscle memory. And instead of being 21, 20 years old, and you got five years of muscle memory able to sh- shoot threes. You're about to add five more years of muscle memory with nothing but time to practice with the best coaches around you. So a guy who can shoot a little bit in the college will shoot a lot in the NBA. Jaden Ivey's going to shoot a lot in the NBA. And by a lot, I mean he's going to make a lot. And he's already – like I don't – the only athlete in the NBA, I think, that compares to him, and I mean in the whole damn NBA, at least at guard, is John Morant. And Morant's probably quicker, but I say probably with a question mark because I'm not sure. I've seen Morant in person, and he's impressive – but I'm not sure he moves any better than Jaden Ivey. So I don't know what we're looking at. It's Jaden Ivey when he's in the NBA because he's bigger than Morant, too. And I'm not saying he's going to be better at all. I'm not saying that. Morant's an MVP candidate every year for the next 10 years. But Jaden Ivey's going to be real special. And, man, if he falls to the Pacers, I'll be there. I'll be at games as much as you are. <laughs> yeah, Ivey's really good. I have him in my top four. I have not watched every player in college. I will not pretend to have. But it's very obvious to me that he is – is awesome, and especially now that he can shoot. He sometimes has these moments where the only negative I have on Ivy, he's so fast that when he tries to like stop and do a floater, it looks like he runs into a brick wall and he kind of like flails. But it's because he's so fast that it's a mistake. It, it, you know, it's something he can easily learn. Yeah, he would be, especially with Duarte at small forward. Like that trio would just be like both both fast and gnarly at the same time almost I mean, that would that would be special he he's really good he's the now that the three-pointers there i mean he's like a perfect nba fit there's a reason he you know he stayed in school and is going to ratchet up to a top whatever five four three pick now well we can dream i can dream anyway i want to see him but he's a nice young man i like him a lot greg can i close out this conversation with a fun tyrese halberton fact his birthday is February 29th. Do you know it? Can you name any other athletes with February 29th birthdays? No, but that that means he's what? Four years old? He's five. five. Yeah, he's this year he'll still be five. <laughs> there are no other good like NBA him. players who uh, who have that birthday. Are there any good athletes? Like, have you looked it up? Is anybody good? Actually, someone named Chucky Brown who played a lot in the NBA was born on February 29th. So perhaps. Uh, Chucky Brown from NC State. And look at you. You're on it. I, I love that. I think it's funny that uh, that February 29th is a thing. So, yeah, he, he's five, and he'll still be five when his, when his birthday passes this year. Greg Doyle, on the road traveling. Thank you very much for the time. I'm sure everybody listening to this conversation knows who you are and where they can find your stuff. But if they don't, where can people find you and your work? Well, you've you got to also find your credit card, you cheapskate. Uh <laughs> How come you're charging? I don't know. Why does McDonald's charge? Because it's not free. Um, I'm at the Indy Star and, and Twitter, Greg Doyle, Star. And you, both my names are spelled kind of funny. And it's almost like an IQ test. If you if you want to find me and you can't, and you actually try and you can't, then never mind. I, never mind. I'm, you're not going to understand what I write anyway. But 
two G's, the the Y and the L are flipped. There's like a law office right by Gamebridge that is spelled the same as your last name, and that's how I remember how to spell your last name. Actually. There is? Yeah, yeah. It's like uh, if you walk by that angled street that used to go where the Scotties is, it's right there. Yeah, I'll take a picture next time for you. <laughs> Doyle? It's, it's, it's called the Doyle Law Office? Uh, yeah, I think so. Well, then there, if, if, if you're right, um, they're, rel- they're related to me uh, because my name is so... It's so weird. I mean, somebody misspelled it on Ellis Island. It's the only thing I can think of about 200 years ago. And so if there's any D-O-Y-E-Ls out there, we are related. So I need – it sounds like I got a lawyer in the family. That's great news. I, I'm going to need him someday or her. I'm going to need both of them. This show is on Twitter at Lockdown Pacers. Bringing you Pacers content every day. Games are so close to returning Pacers back in action and practicing, if you're listening to this. Now they are back in India altogether. Tomorrow? Not sure what we're talking about yet. Depends what guests are available for me, but probably going to be looking at what the Pacers should focus on the rest of the season. You won't want to miss that. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. Have a great day, and we will see you tomorrow.